0: Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. As always, the podcast is brought to you by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. And also by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application-layering product on the market. For a full feature-by-feature comparison of all application layering products, check out whatmatrix.com. And now for some news. According to a report from Mary Jo Foley at ZDNet, Microsoft are now saying Windows 10 is on more than 800 million devices worldwide. That's up roughly 100 million from the last time we reported on the figure back about six months ago. Ars Technica has reported that starting next month, Microsoft will start notifying Windows 7 users of the nearing end of life of Windows 7. They've stated that there will be a do not notify me again option, and they only only intend for it to to notify users a few times in 2019. You'll notice a trend in the first few stories. They're very much uh, Microsoft and Windows related. So keeping with that, Microsoft are to step up their game in terms of handling incompatibility with Windows updates on Windows 10. For updates of device drivers, hotfixes, updated system files, service packs, and new Windows features, in a worst-case scenario, if an issue is encountered going forward during the startup of Windows, they will now be able to remove problem updates with no need for any user intervention. That will essentially get rid of this nasty cycle of every time your desktop is rebooted or restarted, there's a bad patch that keeps trying to install and it removes it but keeps doing it, well, in the future they'll be able to just automatically, without you even realizing, go ahead and just remove that patch. In more Windows 10 news. An eagle-eyed redditor noticed in the insider build, users of the home edition can pause Windows updates for seven days, but in the regular Windows 10, they'll actually be able to pause updates for up to 35 days. Now, I wouldn't recommend this to a friend. Patch as soon as you can, but it's always good to have some flexibility. And that's those Windows-related news stories out of the way first for something a little different. Unfortunately, a zero day has been identified in Google Chrome. Users are being urged to upgrade to the most recent version, which is version 72.0.3626.121. According to a report from Techspot, this security flaw is a memory management issue in Chrome's file reader, which gives hackers the opportunity to inject and execute malicious code. Security researchers at Google and Microsoft have observed attackers using a combination of a patched Chrome vulnerability and an unpatched Windows vulnerability to take advantage of the Windows 7 systems. File reader is an embedded program in most browsers that allows web apps to read the contents of a user's local file system. The vulnerability identified by Google allows malicious code to leave Chrome's security environment and run commands on the underlying OS. At this time, it's believed that only Windows 7 users are vulnerable. So as always, patch, patch, patch. Also in some some security news, Citrix posted a blog on their site to publicly inform that on March 6th, they were contacted by the FBI to inform them they had reason to believe that international cyber criminals gained access to the internal Citrix network. Citrix stated, and I quote, While our investigation is ongoing, based on what we know to date, it appears that the hackers may have accessed and downloaded business documents. The specific documents that may have been accessed, however, are currently unknown. At this time, there is no indication that the security of any Citrix product or service was compromised. While not confirmed, the FBI has advised that the hackers likely used a tactic known as password spraying, a technique that exploits weak passwords. Once they gained a foothold with limited access, they worked to circumvent additional layers of security. In a previous conversation with security expert and Citrix CTP Patrick Koble, he stated before that these investigations can take some time. And as Citrix's article explains, they were only contacted on the 6th of March. Now I've been doing the podcast for over a year now. In that time, there have been many high profile breaches, most of which were first detected years ago but only reported years later. I may get called bias on this as a CTP myself, but I think it's good that Citrix have been quick to publicize this for better or for worse. I'm sure customers are itching for more information And I hope that Citrix does provide more information, uh, at least by the end of this week. If you can recall, Citrix forced password resets when they suspected credential stuffing just a couple of months ago. And now they've been very forthcoming in public about this breach of their internal network, making it public only days after the FBI notifying them. I think they're taking the correct steps in being as transparent as they are. Now the wording of the article suggests it's their internal network and some Citrix services are not hosted in their internal network, they're like public services hosted on some cloud platforms that are not necessarily their own. So it would be interesting to see the details once Citrix provides more information to customers. If you follow the podcast weekly, you may recall me talking about a new Windows 10 Preview feature that was unveiled at the Surface event back in October. It was the ability to mirror your Android phone with a Your Phone app. This feature is now available for Windows insiders. With the app, you'll be able to view the apps that are on your phone from your PC and use them in a phone type of interface. Initially, the only devices supported will be the Samsung Galaxy S8, S8+, S9, and S9+, with the list of supported devices expected to grow over time. F5 and NGENX have announced an agreement that F5 will acquire NGENX for a total value of $670 million. It's a very interesting acquisition. I think it's one that most techies really didn't see coming. With the acquisition, F5 hopes they will enhance Nginx current offerings with F5 security solutions and will integrate F5 cloud-native innovations with Nginx software load balancing technology accelerating F5's time to market of application services for modern containerized applications F5 will also leverage its global sales force, channel infrastructure and partner ecosystem to scale Nginx selling opportunities to the enterprise Once again, a company making a large investment in bolstering their container offerings. A colleague recently asked me about using remote PC on Windows 10. I noticed a Citrix support article that was updated on March 12th regarding an issue with the Windows 10 VDA introducing a 30-second delay in login times while I was researching his question. Now, there is a suggested registry fix for this. So if you're facing 30-second-plus login time duration increases on your Windows 10 machines with the VDA, you want to check out this article with the registry fix. I will include the link to the fix with this episode, which is episode 63, on 5bytespodcast.com and in the YouTube description for this episode. It has been announced that the Byte Size Community Cloud Project book will see some proceeds go to a good cause, with Christian Brinkhoff this week announcing their intention to donate some of the proceeds to the One Laptop Per Child Foundation that helps empower children in developing countries. If you would like to share some of your opinions on cloud, your experience or tips, the submission deadline is the end of March, so get those in. My friends at the Frontline Chatter Podcast published a new episode this week. Hosts Case and Jarian interviewed Johan van Amersfoort about his great VDI design guidebook, his own personal and career background, and much more. And as a quick side note, congratulations, Johan, on the birth of your first child. And now this week, we've got a hot job. Aaron Buley recently shared that he is looking for a recent college graduate to join his team for a unique opportunity. The position is for an engineering technologist, which I know it's a pretty vague title, but the role is based in Dallas, Texas. Key responsibilities, to make it a little less ambiguous, uh, is to produce products, systems, and solutions based off of concepts created by higher level individual contributors and management, assist in producing concept prototypes, focus on and develop technical expertise in a specific component of a system, process, product, or solution, Uh, impact within a product family, uh, be owner of single technology family, begin to develop knowledge of an additional technology area and more. So if you have a passion for people and processes this is one for you. And now for this episodes weekly webinar. If you work in healthcare IT and work with EPIC You won't want to miss Goliath Technologies' upcoming webinar on March 19th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. In the webinar, Goliath will demo the benefits, including having a real-time advanced warning of application access and performance issues, live dashboards displaying end-user session experience in real-time, visibility into failure point and data analysis drilled down with screenshots, historical logon success failure reports, and some of their integration with epics own monitoring metrics so definitely check this one out and now for this episode scripts tricks and tips one of the first great scripts I shared on the podcast was a really cool PowerShell toast notification this week's is another toast notification this time specifically one for your Windows 10 desktops that can be managed in configuration manager or via group policy preferences with scheduled tasks It's a perfect Toast notification for Windows 10 upgrades and prompting users for pending reboots. So say you're upgrading them from V1709 to 1703 and you want to allow them to accept the update. You could deliver that notification with this cool Toast notification. Likewise, if you've got pending reboots after patches, you can have this pretty sweet looking Toast notification to prompt the users for a reboot. It looks awesome. And, best of all, it's very easily modified through an XML file. So you don't have to be a genius to figure this one out. It's just a text file. That's it for another episode. Thank you guys so much for listening.